It's time for Taking Care of Business on Midlands 183. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Midlands 103. Hello and a very good evening. It's Tuesday the 20th of February. I'm Ronan Berry and this is Taking Care of Business on Midlands 103. Coming up on the show this evening, Your Med Acoustic Healthcare is a trusted audiology practice in Tullamore. Owners Rory Kyo and Rose Multany will be in studio shortly to discuss their vision for better hearing and the duty of care we all have in the workplace. Also, Offaly County Council has won Best Communications Innovation Award at the LAMA Awards. Ray Bell, Broadband and Digital Officer with Offaly County Council, will tell us what that means to them and to all students out there who may be considering a career within the STEM area of study. And also, is there a stigma attached to fathers taking full parental leave entitlements? Well, Tracy Gunn from Platform 55 will be here to make a call for more men to advocate for equality this International Women's Day. That and lots more coming up between now and 8pm. If you want to join the conversation with me this evening, best way Simplest way to do so is by texting WhatsApp on 083 103 or you get me at business at midlands103.com. But up first this evening, there is a major announcement about an expansion of a training centre in the Midlands. Uh, the new facility will demonstrate modern, modern building methods and it's been planned for the site in Mount Lucas that it now hopes the, the National Demonstration Park, sorry, it will be the National Demonstration Park for Modern Methods of Construction and it'll be built at the National Construction Training Centre in Mount Lucas by the Leash and Offaly Education and Training Board. It's been described as the first of its kind in Ireland by current centre manager John Kelly. There are different types around the world but this is going to be the first one in the country. It's another major achievement and a major milestone potentially for Offaly and Leash and the surrounding areas. To find out more about it, I'm delighted to be joined by FET manager at LOETB, Porig Boland. Very good evening, Porig. Good evening, Ronan. How are you? Porig, it strikes me as being a highly ambitious project. Give us a bit more of the detail on it. Yeah, it, it is ambitious. And, and I suppose it's including with ambitious uh, plans at government level for housing. And, and we're all aware, I suppose, crisis is an overused term, but it probably does apply to the housing situation in Ireland at the moment. And uh, LOETB, as the owners of the manager, management or governance of the National Construction Training Campus in Mount Lucas, are playing a role in that. I suppose there's two issues for us currently. Uh, there's a whole climate action plan and energy efficiency, etc. And we have for quite a while been a centre of excellence for uh, ZEB, NZEB and retrofit zero energy buildings. And uh, now the focus is on new builds. And I suppose housing for all is the government strategy. They're hoping to build and are working towards building uh, 33,000 housing units annually in Ireland. And in order to do that, uh, I suppose what is being looked at across the world, not just in Ireland, is that traditional building methods will not uh, achieve that. So they're looking at what they call modern methods of construction. And uh, housing for all has sort of a tripod approach to achieving its aims. There's Construct Innovate, which is about research at third level, hosted by the University of Galway. Uh, There's Build Digital, uh, which is uh, in Trinity and and TUD in Dublin. And then the third uh, leg of that is a national demonstration park for modern methods of construction, MMC. So basically uh, for for any modern meta construction too, we're we're moving away from just those kind of slightly old-fashioned kind of harder skills. We're right into that whole space of digitalization of probably lean production also. Yeah, 100%. I I mean, look, MMC is a very broad term. Uh, It covers 
covers everything from off-site manufacturing, off-site assembly, off-site, in, entire uh, construction off-site. It's uh, designed for manufacturing and assembly and, and uh, prefabricated. It, it includes all of that. And I, I suppose what we're looking at is bringing um, a production process approach to construction and reducing uh, uh, variables. And you're right, absolutely tied in with uh, a lean approach to building uh, to, to health and safety improvements. Um, moving things off-site so that it's far more um, the use of BIM and technology, ensuring that, I, I, I suppose, it's not left a chance that these things are designed and built and you're working to a very set, so that the waste is absolutely reduced on-site. Uh, on uh, health and safety is much easier to guarantee because you're working in off-site conditions. And you're, the timeline involved in building, which is crucial in, in Ireland's case, given the housing crisis, is reduced dramatically in, in uh, modern methods of construction. It's proposed that the demonstration park will contain different types of houses and dwellings from standard two-storey right up to three-storey apartment blocks, effectively given potential you know, trainees, customers, any builder as well, greater access, more I suppose, a better experience than they would at, at a construction trade show, for example. That's a lot of the kind of theory behind it also. It's kind of created there and people can come and actually see this in real, in real life. A hundred percent. I mean, I mean what, what, what the National Demonstration Park means is that Mount Lucas, Mount Lucas will become a sort of a flagship location for the demonstration of modern methods of construction in Ireland. And it will showcase the, the innovative products, the innovative systems, uh, for the housing sector, and and that's for everyone. Uh, it's for people who would be looking at building their own homes. It's absolutely for the construction sector, who probably realise now that they need to pivot towards modern methods of construction in order for their business to be sustainable. Uh, it's for those involved in the public sector who may be procuring uh, housing and looking at modern methods uh, in the public in the public realm. So so it really is for everyone, and obviously then it's for students at all levels uh, who are studying construction-related uh, subjects, in whether it be in second or third level. I suppose given its location, it's in Mount Lucas, it's on the site of former board Namona land, so it's quite rural still, but there is a plan to include it in this to build actual student accommodation because I suppose, number one, there probably is a shortage of housing in any case, and certainly with its location, but also because you do expect students to come from all over Ireland. Oh, yeah, we would, we would, and, and I mentioned earlier, uh, construct, innovate, and build digital. And, and the idea would be, particularly with construct, innovate, they're researching uh, the whole M&E element of housing and looking at how different systems perform, etc. So those, the, the houses that the demo houses will also be, uh, will be habitable by students who are researching how uh, these various systems work under different conditions. And we would. Given, look, we, we, it is rurally located, but it's also centrally located in the middle of Ireland, and we would hope to attract uh, students from all over the country. And while we would also, and I suppose the, the accommodation one is one that's under review, because we would also look if there's potential to house uh, people and accommodate people in nearby towns makes more sense, then we, we will absolutely uh, facilitate that. But, but if it becomes a need, yeah, we will look at providing accommodation on site. And we're looking at, obviously, extensive training because we're, we don't exist to, to build demonstration parks. But, but out of this, uh, um, LOETB has the potential to become a leader in MMC skills. And they are certainly the future of construction. So the National Construction Training Campus 
will lead out training and then this year we would hope to develop an apprenticeship in MMC and work with the, the, the sector at doing that and also work with our colleagues in third level to ensure that there's a, a, a career pathway for people. And a lot of what we're doing, Ronan, like many studies have come out recently and said that we need between 200 and 250,000 construction workers if we're to meet the government's ambitions. That's true if we only follow traditional means of doing that. But MNC has the potential to reduce that need dramatically. And it means that a lot of people who are currently in the construction sector need to upskill and reskill, perhaps in some instances, into modern methods and to make correlations. It, it, it is a disruptive technology. Uh, it means that there may, may be job losses, but we would hope to prevent that by upskilling the current workforce so that they can easily transition into modern methods of construction as well. It would certainly help with that recruitment challenge that so often spoke about in the construction sector, say, if embracing the modern methods might reduce the numbers of people actually need to but still deliver even more output as well. It goes a, a crucial thing with the LOETB as well, like these courses generally, they're, they're pretty much fully funded for employers. Oh, they are. And, 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 and they have to be, to be honest, because uh, part of the crisis is that those in construction are up to their eyeballs in trying to meet the need that's out there. So we, we can't uh, look at taking people off site uh, without uh, providing incentives to do so. So they are, they are all fully funded. Uh, we offer courses. There are guidelines around what can be funded and what can't be, but we ensure that the courses we offer can be fully funded uh, to employers. And we're, we're modularizing them. And by that, I mean we take people off site for a half day or a day that, that are not away for weeks and then upskilling uh, lost to the, to the employer for that time. So we try to integrate it as much as possible into the working life. And of course, we recently have uh, acquired a, a mobile training rig, which now brings training out to the work site and indeed to schools to, to hope to promote uh, careers in construction. And I think that's one other opportunity, Ronan, I'm sorry now for being long-winded, but I do think that the Modern Methods offers uh, a whole new cohort of young people who might not be interested in working out in cold conditions in, in, in wet trades, but who absolutely would embrace the opportunity to play their role in climate change by working in an industry that is digital, that is off-site, that is much, much uh, warmer conditions than the current uh, construction workforce might face. And that seems to be approached by, by many sectors, you know, manufacturing as well, like, kind of to trying to showcase that actually it's not like it used to be. Th- things are changing rapidly. But I suppose the final question, Porig, any idea when the construction just could like could start or, or when it might be delivered? Yeah, well, we would be very hopeful that it would start in the current uh, calendar and it will start in the current calendar year, uh, hopefully midsummer. Uh, we have we're involved in the planning process with Offaly County Council. Uh, there have come back to us and there's a couple of small little queries that have been very, very facilitated and very helpful to us in this. So we would hope to have our contractors on site uh, mid-year and uh, then I, I would imagine we'd be very well progressed by year end. Fantastic. Another hugely success story for, for the Midlands too and looking forward to seeing that develop over the years. But for now, Porig Boland, FET Manager at the Leash and Offaly Education Training Board, thank you so much for that. And then the park that Porig is talking about there is a, going to be a national demonstration park for modern methods of construction. And uh, you can check it out there at the National Construction Training Centre, Mount Lucas. You'll find them on, on the internet and see everything they're doing as well. I'm sure many of you listening have availed of the training programmes 
that they offer and provide out there. Time now for a quick break. After that, you're going to meet the founders of Hearmed Acoustic Healthcare in Tullamore. It's a very new business, but uh, they're setting out to do great things in the whole space of hearing. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Still to come on Taking Care of Business, the new award that Offaly County Council picked up lately at the LAMA Awards. It's all around in a fabulous initiative and a programme that they have around encouraging students into the STEM subjects. Ray Bell, the Broadband and Digital Officer with Offaly County Council, will be along very shortly to tell you all about that, what the award means and what likely outcomes we will see from it. And also later on, I'm going to look at that whole thing around paternity leave and particularly fathers not taking up the full entitlement of paternity leave. Is there still a stigma attached to it? Well, ahead of International Women's Day, Tracy Gunn from Platform 55 is going to call for more men to advocate for equality this International Women's Day and I suppose stand up and do your share and don't be just uh, not taking your parental leave rights or your paternity leave rights, you know. Is there a stigma attached? Let me know. 083 103 the text and WhatsApp number. Time now to introduce you to a very new business uh, only set up in August of last year. It's Here Med Acoustic Healthcare. It's on Patrick Street in Tullamore and its founders are Ruri Kyo and uh, Rose Multany. Very good evening, folks. Hi, Ronan. How are you? Who's the designated talker for this evening? We'll start at the beginning. Um, <laughs> why why, um, why, here, why uh, Acoustic Healthcare and why Tullamore? Why Tullamore? Um, so... As you said earlier, HearMed Healthcare was set up in August last year, 23, by myself and Rory. Uh, but my, myself and Rory have over 20 years experience in audiology and, you know, caring for people's hearing related difficulties. Um, why Tullamore? Uh, Tullamore is a, a grown town, grown population. And when we were looking around uh, at particular areas, we noticed Tullamore uh, was lacking in a full time clinic, uh, hearing related clinic. Um, do you know, so the kind of services we provide and people are really, really needing is the likes of hearing tests, wax removal, uh, tinnitus care is a big thing at the minute as well. Um, but the wax removal is done via microsuction. Um, like most ENTs, most surgeries are busy. You know, um, they used to start. Well, they still are providing syringe and stuff like that, but they're not doing it as much anymore. Um, ENTs are fairly busy. So we have a lot of GPs and, um, you know, chemists and other areas kind of looking for people to, you know, do wax removal. And uh, they're sending a lot of people or patients our way for the wax care, you know. So to be able to see somebody and help them out and remove the wax and stuff like that is, is a big thing for a lot of people. I, I'm just picturing Father Jack and Father yeah, Ted with yeah. the candles they used to make from him. Sorry <laughs> now. But is, is, I suppose the serious question now, is, is, it, is, it, is it more common maybe that somebody could turn up thinking they've suffered from hearing loss, but actually it's, it's a blockage yeah, with wax? Yeah, quite a lot, quite a lot. Like we have yeah. people coming from all over Ireland to see us for that service alone. Like we're fairly busy with it. So um, and people are delighted to be able to go in, get it done and they're back hearing again. And it's a largely invasive procedure, is it? Quite no, simple, well, it, quite look, quick. It's, it's it's like we use the microsuctioning tool. There, it, it, is a, it is a tool that kind of suctions out wax. Um, by right, it shouldn't hurt. You know, um, you might, it might be a little bit on the noisy side, like a lot of sucking and whistling. You know, yeah. we are putting something into kind of a tunnel. Do you know what I mean? But generally it doesn't hurt. And I, generally we'd advise people, you know, to soften the wax first before they come in. So it's a lot gentler on the system. And it's a safer method, you know, um, 
than stringent. Yeah, so that's, that's intriguing because it sounds like there was, a, there was a big need for it out there as well. I suppose, uh, Rory, like overall, are, we, are people becoming more aware of, number one, their hearing health and also the importance of it? I believe that um, I, th- I think there's always been a stigma attached to the hearing um, that if I've got a bit of a drop in the hearing, I might be getting old or whatever the case is. But I think that people are becoming much more aware of a hearing loss and it's becoming the stigma is starting to die with the hearing loss, too. Um, I remember when I was in school wearing glasses. Everybody would look at you for wearing glasses. Yep, and, I'm, uh, I'm in that camp. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And yeah. now it's, it's well, I thought that actually it, it, yeah. nobody really minded, but it was only in about first class, and you think, yeah, yeah. and it, exactly. you can just imagine the same happening with hearing loss. That's exactly it. In fact, it's proven that most people will even notice a hearing loss before they'll notice you wearing hearing aids, and it's the same kind of with the glasses. Um, it's 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 there's no stigma attached to it, and and so I do think people are becoming more aware of it, especially um, in the age that we are. We're hyper uh, worried about our health. We're worried about um, um, health and safety in our workplaces. So I, I think it's a really good thing. Um, th- that that worry, the the hearing test should be part of our overall wellness regime. We get our eyes tested, we get our bloods done, we go into the doctor. So why not pop in, get the hearing tested, get the wax removed. Have a cup of tea. It's and a, a chat. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, you're really, you're really selling it now, all right, the cup of tea in the chat. Um, and I think that's a thing, you know, I know we were just chatting there before you came in to me like that. I, I mentioned that if you look around the countryside over the last five or ten years, you now see predominantly men out mowing a lawn with a pair of earmuffs on them, you know, guys in tractors. I see them going through the marts on Thursday mornings with open cab tractors. They're wearing hearing protection. Something has changed. What? What propelled, do you think, us even nationally or as a society kind of realise we need to start looking after what we have? I think a big driving force would have been the the Health and Safety Act bringing in and, 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 and obviously being uh, more monitored in the workplace um, and overall. Um, but I think it is a case, as I said, uh, um, most people would think that hearing loss has a stigma attached to old age. But in fact, what we see more commonly here in the Midlands um, because of the industry is a noise-related hearing loss more than anything else. And that can that can come at any age. That's not necessarily yeah, age-related. Yeah, it's getting younger and younger. Yeah. And, and so I think what might have propelled that is is definitely um, in the workplace, companies are more focused on making sure that these kinds of things are looked after and making sure that people are wearing the hearing protection if we're over a certain decibel level inside the company. And that naturally, people will bring that home with them. So I think that might have been a big propeller for it. And we like to think and we like to hope that campaigns like this, where, we, where we're trying to say to people, get your ears checked, get your ears tested, uh, we, we like to hope that that also... Yeah, I think, I think possibly right. awareness campaigns by the Health and Safety Authority, by maybe groups like the you know, Irish Farmers Association, exactly. Chagas, all that, they, they, yes. they, they surely are helping, as I say. Earlier part of my career, I was in construction and there's been an absolute sea change there. And I think the, the real thing has been the penny dropping with the employees that actually this is for me, the hearing protection. It's not to satisfy a health and safety officer or a manager. It's actually to protect my own hearing. When it comes to then the hearing test, there's probably three main types of tests that you do as well. Give us a brief overview of those, Rose. So we do um, an audiometric assessment. Um, this is where uh, we test a person's hearing. Uh, what we are looking for is we would first do a toscopy and we'd look into the ear, the eardrum, the ear canal. Uh, we're checking for wax blockages, infections, perforations, anything that can prevent the sound from uh, getting to its uh, its destination. Um, 
part of the, the audiometry, we're doing pure tone testing. So we're doing ear conduction and bone conduction. So we're testing basically our hearing as, as we hear normal sound waves going into the ear canal. Um, we want to see if there are any deficits there. We then do the bone conduction, which is uh, a little bone uh, vibrator on the back, on the mastoid in the back of the ear. And what we're trying to distinguish whether a, if there is a hearing loss present there, is it the middle or inner ear is the issue. Um, so out of that, we can tell whether we've got sensory neural hearing loss, whether we've got a conductive hearing loss or whether we have a mixed hearing loss. So sensory neural is more kind of the inner ear, the cochlea um, nerve damage. Um, it's wear and tear over time, be it noise related, age related. Um, the conductive side of thing is there's something in the middle ear preventing the sound going in. That could be um, calcification of the bones. There could be scarring, you know, that type of thing. So this is where if it's if it's conductive um, or a mixed loss, even we try and then look to see why it's there, what's happening. And if we can't look after it um, there and then the day, generally what we tend to do is refer to the GP and on to an ENT specialist. It sounds a world away from, I can remember a little yeah. kind of a bleep test years yeah. ago. Can you hear this and that busy? Put your hand up when you can't hear it anymore. It sounds, yeah. a, you know, I like that. I suppose everything moves on so swiftly as well. From a business perspective, how have the first uh, six or eight months been for you? Really, really good. Great. Um, everybody has been brilliant. Like uh, the local businesses, families, friends, um, everybody has been so supportive, you know. So uh, and we've been busy. We've been we've been really busy. Definitely. Absolutely. The community yeah. is also just uh, really it's it's been so good to see. Um, and I, I, I truly believe that if you look after pre- people properly and and mm. and and help them, um, they're more likely to say to somebody, well, you know, it's very, very simple. Just go in there to get the hearing yeah. tested. It's free of charge. It's a painless yeah. procedure. So if you treat people properly, they treat you properly. Yeah. So in terms of that, we've we've really had a good yeah. a good opening six like to We try months. to be very, very patient-centered. Everybody that comes into our practice, it's kind of the way I look at it as if mummy and daddy were sitting in front of me. Yeah. I want them looked after in a the way that I would look after everybody, do you know. So we treat them, treat everybody like, like family. a family members, yeah. you know. Um, we want to, what we do to be transparent, that they know exactly what they're getting from start to finish. They're part of the decision making. They're, they're part of the conversation. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I think that type of approach really, really makes it an enjoy, enjoyable experience, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 It's a case of coming in and we'll walk you through each and every and we'll simplify the test. We'll simplify the results. We'll simplify the outcomes so that it's not just me looking at a graph and saying, oh, that hearing's really bad or that hearing's really Mm -hmm. good. It's more a case of this is where it is. This is where it's down. That's where it's normal, absolutely brilliant, normal hearing or and celebrating those successes too with, yeah. with the patient. So, yeah, it is. As well as the individual, are there opportunities or like offerings for like a corporate body or a company to look at even getting sort of routine hearing checks done or is that something that audiologists would be actively looking at? Yeah. Um, well, we, we would always be open to those, to those sorts of um, ideas. We are currently in partnership with a few different places. Yeah. Um, we, we, we're working together with um, the credit union as well yeah. um, at the moment. Well, two different credit unions. And uh, yeah, the, we, we're always open to those partnerships. Yeah. It's um, With it's the a- credit unions, what we're trying to do there is um, looking after hearing can, can be expensive. And yeah. there's no bones about it. Um, so by working with the credit union, we're offering, um, we're giving people solutions, you know, to help themselves hear better, yeah. but not put 
financial burdens. burdens on them. Do you know what I mean? We're given solutions. There is something to suit everybody. There is the PRSI grant as well. So the more we know about the person and their needs and the type of hearing loss they have, yeah. we can tailor make, you know, a little plan for everybody. You know, so... Yeah, so I guess stigma could be one barrier. Somebody may have a financial concern about yeah. it. So by trying to overcome those barriers, yeah. it sounds like it's a it's a fantastic service and one that's that's a badly badly needed and much warranted as well. So what does the future hold? Where do things go from here? Oh, it's exciting. The next few months will be very, very exciting. So um, <laughs> yeah. we don't want to let the cat out of the bag just yet. But look, there's loads happening. There's loads yeah. down the road. We will be in t- touch with you. No, but it all looks very, like very you've, you've found your places and I look forward to hearing what, <laughs> no pun intended, hearing what that is anyway. <laughs> but for now, uh, Rose Multony and Rory Kyo from uh, Hearmed Acoustic Healthcare and Tullamore, hearmed.ie, H-E-A-R-M-E-D.ie. You'll find out all about their services and the range of stuff. Uh, thanks for coming in, folks. Thanks, thanks very much. Time now for a quick break. After that, you're going to meet Ray Bell from Offaly County Council. Uh, they recently scooped a major award in the LAMA Awards and it was all around a fantastic programme they have to encourage young school kids into the STEM subjects. Taking care of business with thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly, and Westmead. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Still to come this evening, is there a stigma attached to fathers taking their full entitlements to parental leave? Tracy Gunn from Platform 55 will be along later to make a call for more men to advocate for equality in the run-up to International Women's Day, which uh, is the 8th of March again this year. That's Friday, so just a few weeks away. Interested to hear what uh, Tracy's take on that will be. But before that, I'm going to be joined in studio by Ray Bell from Offaly County Council. And the council recently took home a major award for best communication slash innovation award at the LMAA Awards. Um, Chief Executive Anna-Marie Delaney said she was delighted to announce that the council had won the award in the initiative um, which recognises excellence by Ireland's county councils. The Best Communications Initiative Innovation Award was presented for the council's steaming ahead how Offaly's kids are shaping a rural future which recognises and celebrates community and councils working together. Now STEAM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts and Maths. And this is the type of education that will equip young people with essential skills that will make them ultimately more employable and adaptable to the ever-evolving jobs market. And if you've been listening to this show over the last number of years, you'll know wanting for sure the jobs market is ever-evolving. Uh, speaking about the wind, uh, CE said um, that uh, did basically how you spoke about how it is really putting awfully out there and showcasing them because students who are developing those skills are more likely to invent, to build, to drive and innovate future technologies that can benefit their lives and the communities around this region. To find out more about the award and what it really means for the council and everybody involved, I'd like to be joined by Ray Bell, Ray's Broadband and Digital Officer at Offaly County Council. Uh, very good evening, Ray. How are you getting on, Ron? Ray, talk us through this, um, I suppose, take us right back to the start, the Steaming Ahead programme. What is it? OK, so it's a robotics programme we're doing in our schools. Um, I suppose it started back in 2018. We would have started initially with maybe 16 schools just to see was there sort of an appetite there. And I suppose the council do so much work already in schools, like we do student enterprise, which is very successful. We do green flags. We do music generation and all the rest. And I suppose my background is in IT. And I felt that maybe we needed to start doing more outreach in the whole sort of digital digital education, in the whole sort of STEM subjects. Again, I suppose the local authority will be known as a sort of an engineering organisation as well. So the whole sort of STEM side of things works really well. Uh, We roll it out, uh, I suppose, from a local authority point of view, we roll it out in collaboration with our libraries. 
and um, with our engineering department. There's obviously a link to industry as well through the local enterprise office, which is hugely uh, uh, important to us as well. Um, but what it's all really about is trying to get kids interested into STEM and into, I suppose, robotics, into coding and all that side of things. So maybe just to explain it a little bit. So it's robotics, really, and what we've done with every school in Offaly. So at the moment, as I said, we started in 2018 and every year we've brought on maybe 16 schools. So we have it in all our primary schools and we have it in all our secondary schools. We have over 2,000 students every year going through the programme. So it's incredible, really, from where it started. Um, so what we do is we give sort of every school about 5,000 euros worth of equipment. OK, and then all the educational bit and all happens in the school. So we give them basically two robot kits that allows them to bake two robots. We give them an arena as well where they actually play the game every year. OK, so there's an arena. So for primary schools, the arena, if you can imagine, it's sort of eight foot by six foot. Uh, that's where they actually play the game. And every year there's a new game. So there's a new challenge every year for the kids. And I suppose that's what really keeps it interesting. So this year's game is all about really uh, collecting these blocks and storing these blocks in scoring zones. Last year was all about sort of intaking discs and firing them. The year before was all about collecting these sort of yellow balls and firing them into the middle, a bit like sort of basketball or whatever. So every year there's new challenges for the kids. So what we really do is we give them all the, the, the parts and we basically say to the young people, you go now and build a robot that's going to be able to play this game. Now, each game is one minute long. Uh, so you can imagine, like, a minute isn't a long, uh, but it's amazing what they're able to do. So we give them all the parts to actually build robots. And then what we do then, we're a bit like, I suppose, like the GA. We bring all the teams together then every year and they actually compete. Yeah, actually. you did a final in O'Connor Park in Tullamore, didn't you? Yeah, that was sort of after Park. COVID. We wanted to have an outside yeah. uh, gig. So um, we had one in O'Connor Park with over 2,000 students, if you can imagine it, in the middle of O'Connor Park doing robotics. It was just incredible. The same day, we would have had Microsoft down with us as well. We had gaming vans. I suppose when we bring the kids into these events, we want them to have a really good, positive experience. So when they leave, they really want to, I suppose, do more in the whole area of STEM or whatever. So one of the parts of the thing is obviously building the robots, but then they do other parts of it as well where they actually have to code the robots. Now, most schools would be well aware of, I suppose, and, and I suppose using Scratch for block-based coding and all the rest. And that sort of VEX uh, coding as well is built on that. So again, any school that has done Scratch is very easily able to transition into the sort of VEX code side of things. There's actually part of the game as well that's fully autonomous. So if you can imagine that uh, a lot of the time they're actually driving with a controller, but there's also parts of the game as well that's fully autonomous. So the kids have actually programmed a robot to play wow. the game, no driver control. Now that's happening in primary schools. But there's actually two stages before that as well, which is really, really interesting. We're actually teaching kids in junior and senior infants how to code. Yeah. Now that's when you think incredible. about that and you go... Like, would, would junior and senior infants kids really get how to code? The answer is absolutely. And they learn it so quickly. One of the things as well, so, so this program is called VEX Robotics. It's a sort of a worldwide sort of program. Um, there's other programs out there as well, but the one we're, I suppose, focused on today is on the VEX side of things. So they have a product called VEX123, which is really aimed at junior and senior infants. And we've also worked with them now internationally to get all the code if you can imagine the code that they stick into a sort of a, a pad they have and when they do that, the robot moves around. We've actually got that as well translated into Irish. So now in schools, uh, they can actually teach coding or Squelga as well. So schools love that side of things as well. So that's really for the smaller ones. Then when we start going into sort of senior infants first class, they're sort of, if you can, it's sort of a bit like Duplo, um, if you compare it to Lego, where I suppose it's basic concepts around uh, robotics and coding and stuff. But where it really gets, I suppose, competitive and where we really get into the whole gaming side of things is from sort of second, third class up. And from second, third class up all the way to sixth. This year we'll probably have over 100 teams in Offaly competing in this. 
And normally when a school comes as well, they'll bring the whole school, or the, sorry, the whole class with them. So normally there's 20, 24 going to all these competitions. So when we have a competition, we've some coming up in the Sacred Heart here in Tullamore. We've won an Emo. We had one in Mokla last week. Um, we have one as well down in Gallon Community School. We'll probably have five or 600 students there all competing. Now, on the day as well, like most of the time you're sort of competing um, Normally, I suppose, you're playing sports, you're competing. The difference about the VEX programme, which I think is really, really interesting, is you're actually working together with another school. You're working together with another robot. So you can imagine, Rowan, your robot's able to do X, Y, and Z, and my robot's able to do A, B, and C. We'll have a chat before the game to say, you're going to cover that part of the game, I'll cover this part of the game. So you're actually, I suppose, kids are learning about communication. They're learning about solving problems. They're learning to deal with other people. So they're learning all them sort of skills as well. So apart from all the hard skills to learn around coding and engineering and all that good stuff, they learn all the soft skills as well, which is hugely important in this day and age when kids are, I suppose, stuck into their phone, um, you know, Absolutely, a long and, time. And part of the statement yeah. that Anna-Marie Delaney released, you know, it said that the, that Offaly County Council are basically investing in future generations by giving them the skills required for the jobs. We heard Parik Boland at the start of the show talking about construction in particular, how, you know, that, that swing towards digital skills, towards more autonomous construction will be a game changer. And that's replicated really across all industries. Mm. I didn't realise it was starting at, at basically senior and junior infants level. That That's amazing. What was it like to scoop up the award? Listen, it was fantastic. And I suppose, listen, Offaly County Council, I suppose, are leading on this. But, like, we've got huge support on this from Offaly Local Development. You mentioned Empori Boland, uh, the LOETBs, they've been heavily involved as well. We've also got funding as well through the whole Just Transition side of things. So I suppose Offaly, like the Midlands, and I suppose you've covered this uh, many a time, like, we are going through a transition here. So it's so important, I suppose, that we give our young people the skills for whatever jobs are going to be there in the future. And I suppose the interesting thing is we actually don't know what some of these jobs are going to be. So, so students that are actually in primary schools now, we actually don't know what they're actually going to be in 10 years time but by giving them the skills we hope that I suppose more companies will relocate set up and some of these I suppose really we want our communities and this is why I suppose the, the local authorities because sometimes I'm often asked why is the local authorities getting into education but it's not really education it's around employment economic development it's about I suppose sustaining our communities sustaining our areas and um, because the last thing we want is all our young people and the talent and I suppose leaving I suppose not just yeah, off but, but, but the middle. you're also though you're closing a gap between somebody going through school maybe going to college doing a degree in production management and then going to the first in a job discovering that robotics and automation is how the factory works you're taking that right back and that's just that they have that tacit knowledge from the youngest of ages I mean that that really just proves that it is a long term investment as well if you started this in 2018, are you seeing any kind of um, sort of benefits or outcomes, you know, six years in of people who maybe have taken this as a course of study because they got exposed to it in the early days? Yeah, so I suppose uh, we've talked a little bit about the primary school side of things, but one of the things I suppose we wanted to focus on as well is we actually have this in all our secondary schools as well. So when you start moving into the secondary school side of things, uh, if you can imagine, I suppose the primary school is a lot like sort of Lego, it's sort of plastic snap together type robotics. But when you start moving into secondary school, then it's around like industrial robotics, it's around motors sensors um, you know that sort of side of things and I think what we're trying to do as well on the secondary school side of things is bring in more sort of industry partners and all into it so if I just maybe speak about the event we had in Collage de Cullum there we had 26 teams competing in Collage de Cullum there over 200 students um, I know you had Katrina Morden in here recently enough yes with the Dream Big programme yeah, yeah. you needed a, a bigger uh, room here I think you had a, you had a good programme <laughs> to that evening but Katrina's doing fantastic work there but on that day we had some of them companies um, I suppose in speaking to the students as well because ultimately what we're trying to do is we're trying to I suppose 
create a workforce and create, I suppose, employment for all these young people with all these companies in the Midlands. And there's some fantastic uh, companies in the Midlands. Just as well, I suppose, something that we're seeing as well. So one of my big focuses at the start was that I suppose I wanted to see more computer science. Like my background is computer science. Um, I suppose I would have been a coder uh, originally in that. And I suppose I like that side of, side of things. Uh, up until sort of last year, we only had one school in Offaly actually teach computer science at Leaving Cert level. Um, now we have a second school, which is fantastic. And between ourselves and Leash County Council and the LOETB, we actually have 12 teachers at the minute going through a training programme where hopefully some of them actually uh, schools will start teaching computer science at Leaving Cert level. And I suppose the benefit there will be companies like Ericsson and Athlone. Uh, there's lots of software engineering companies, I suppose, yeah. in the Midlands. We're trying to create, I suppose, the next generation of, of uh, talent that's it. And look at it. it's 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 kind of widely known. It's hardly it's rarely said though. But when people talk about attracting multinational investment to the country, to say about our favourable tax system, that's one element. Mm-hmm. Talent is the whole key to it. Um, Ray, it's a fantastic program. Uh, justly winning an award for it, and congratulations to you all on that as well. And keep up the fantastic work. It's been an eye opener. Can I just say one thing, Ron? I suppose before we finish up. Um, the teachers in the schools and all have been fantastic in this. I suppose the support we've got from the schools has been incredible. And when we go in and we speak to the schools and the teachers and all the rest, they've been very open. Uh, they know what we're trying to do. I suppose we're not just doing this for a bit of fun. We're doing this because ultimately we want to create jobs in the Midlands. And I just want to acknowledge all the support we get from our schools uh, on this programme. No, well, congrats to all involved. Um, fantastic achievement. But uh, and I say justly deserved and a great programme. I say keep it up. Thanks a million. Ray Bell is the Broadband and Digital Officer at Offaly County Council. Now, have a quick break. After that, is there still a stigma around uh, dads in particular taking their full entitlements of paternity leave? Talked about that after the break. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Earlier in the show, we spoke about there being a stigma around hearing loss with the founders of HearMed Acoustic Healthcare and Tullamore. But another thing where there might be still a stigma attached is to dads taking full parental leave entitlements. Well, Tracy Gunn is the co-founder of Platform 55. It's so-called because 55% of the workforce are already parents and they're a HR platform that transforms how you support Support modern families at work. A very good evening, Tracy. Is there still a stigma out there around this, do you think? There absolutely still is a stigma around men taking their full family leave entitlements. And let me just elaborate on that a little bit. So whilst most men will take their paternity leave entitlements, as few as one in 10 dads will actually take parental leave. And in fact, just this afternoon, I was working with a group of leaders discussing gender equality in their business. And one leader observed how he has a team of 28 uh, people and not one single man, including himself, had taken parental leave, whereas the majority of women on his team had and were using that to do shorter weeks or take time off uh, during the holidays, etc. And he believed himself. He said, I think it's because of the stigma. I don't feel like I could ask, for it, even though he's very senior or in his organisation. So we absolutely need to do work to remove that stigma for dads. And it clearly, clearly an issue. I wonder, like, are people even scoping out, like, is there even a, a provisional, like, you know, inquiry to HR about it? Or maybe is it just a thing that men are likely to just maybe shut down and not even ask the question? I think that's what we see, Ronan, is that even asking the question um, can be an issue. And sometimes there's, or we often hear that there are three main barriers uh, to asking for it. So colleagues, career and competence. And what I mean by that is what are my colleagues going to think? Like we've had instances of men being laughed at 
spider colleagues saying, really, you're actually going to do that? Um, or on their career in terms of, well, what will the impact be on my career if I'm seen to take this? Will I not be considered for promotion? And then almost their competence being called into question. You know, we all know the the analogy of, you know, Homer Simpson and the very incompetent, uh, you know, role he plays as a dad. Whereas men as men are more than capable of taking care of their of their children, but yet we still have this stigma around what that actually means. But yet all the evidence suggests that when men are involved in family life and do take it, everybody benefits. You know, they benefit, their partners benefit, kids benefit and businesses benefit as well. I think there's probably a fear from a lot of men of saying, well, if I ask for a day off a week, you know, they're going to say, well, well, you're not doing five days work. You know, why? how can you do it all in four? And are you, are you kind of cutting us all yeah. along? There's there's probably a huge element of that. But in the run up to International Women's Day on the 8th of March, you're putting a call mm. out there as well for more men to advocate for equality around this subject. What are you asking men to do? Well, at the moment, it's going to take 130 years to achieve gender equality in the workplace at the current rate of progress. And we often assume that when we talk about gender equality on things like International Women's Day, that we're just talking about women benefiting. Whereas actually what we're really, you know, asking men uh, to do is to get involved in the conversation so that they can parent out loud, that they can be a role model for other dads in the workplace and show that parenting is actually a shared responsibility. And when we do that, a lot of the issues that we see in businesses around not having equality at senior levels or we have, have big gender pay gaps, you know, that's a lot of that is attributed to what we call the motherhood penalty. So when dads get more involved and actually advocate for their rights as well, then both they and women uh, benefit as a result. And it's probably a conversation, though, too, that men maybe need to start with their employers because equally the employer may not be ready for the men to start looking for this. So I presume there's like a basic amount somebody can apply for. And you can apply, I think, and it can be turned down, but you can at least apply. You can apply um, and your employer has to give a reason as, as to why they're turning it down and then you can reapply again. So there has to be a valid reason for your employer actually saying no. They can ask you to take it in a chunk or to take it at a particular time if it doesn't suit your business operation, obviously, and that's reasonable. Um, but in research we did at Platform 55, 43% of dads said that they didn't feel their manager understood their parenting challenges, that it wasn't even talked about at work. Um, or when they return from paternity leave, you know, a massive life-changing event in anybody's life. Nobody even asks, how are you getting on? How are things going? <laughs> you know, so that's uh, that's definitely happening. Lovely. Well, I think, it's a, I think it's a valid call because I'm somebody who has done that over the past couple of years and actually taken a little bit of, of, of parental leave in order to look after kids for a day a week. Right. And I have to say, it really works. It absolutely messes with your head because I think maybe it's a man thing. It seems like the complete wrong thing to be doing, but it can absolutely work as well. And there's loads of benefits there for all sides. Tracy, time is short. Thank you so much for that this evening. And uh, looking Thank forward you. to seeing more men getting behind that campaign as well to advocate for equality on International Women's Day. Tracy Gunder is a co-founder of Platform 50. You'll find them online and across all major social media channels. I think it's an interesting point. Come on, men, stand up and play your roles. Take action. 
get a little bit of time back to spend with your kids because it's a short time you've got and maybe make use of it while you can and support that partner in your life too. Um, that's it for this evening though. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Um, lots to discuss there this evening. I mean, whoever thought that kids at junior and uh, senior infants level were being taught robotics and coding in school. You learn something every day, don't you? Uh, Midlands is about to get a fantastic new modern metal construction demonstration centre and you hear more about new businesses that are opening up across the Midlands and keeping our communities thriving and surviving. That's it for me. Joe Cooney's here after eight. I'll talk to you all next week. Taking care of business. Returns next Tuesday at 7pm with the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business.